Hello, everyone. I'm Annette Klozowski, your host. Welcome to Leader Spotlight. On this podcast, we bring you the stories of leaders, their personal journeys, and put a spotlight on the inspiring things they are doing in their organizations. I'm an executive coach. I'm a peer advisory board leader, a sports junkie. I really kind of like all things sports and fitness. And of course, a dog lover. If you followed us for long, you know that. And I also have the privilege of working alongside my co-host and producer, Annie Brown. Annie is a marketing and social media guru in all things creative and clever, as I like to say. So welcome to another episode of Leader Spotlight. Today, we will be talking with Patricia Kathleen, and uh, you're in for a treat. So if you've ever wondered about hosting a podcast, how to start, we um, have one of the best that are going to be on sharing with us today. So she is experienced media and tech company co-founder. She's going to talk about um, all the podcasts she does. She has several. She's co-founded and is the premier host of five different ones, I think. That may be more by the time we get on with her. She's co-founded The Wild Agency, and she has conducted a multitude of film and investigative projects on diversity, inclusion, transparency. She speaks internationally. She has a very interesting background that started in photography and fashion, so I'm very excited to have her on the show. And uh, Annie, today we get to learn from her as well, so that'll be exciting for us. Yes, a podcast episode about podcasts. Very meta. I like that. Um, and because that is the topic for today, I thought uh, we, I would start out, you know, we usually share some tips at the beginning of the show. And so I figured we could share some of our technical tips. I'm sure Patricia will have um, more to add on this. But um, if you are thinking about um, starting your own podcast, we use GarageBand actually for editing. Uh, we use Spreaker for uploading and embedding. It has a really nice embedding file that you can put on your website. And then the RSS feed is something that you'll need, and that comes with Spreaker. So you copy and paste the RSS feed into Apple, Spotify, or wherever you are. And sometimes the uh, hosting services like Spreaker will have buttons you can actually just click, and it submits it for you. So that makes it really easy. And then uh, promotion-wise, we use Instagram, but I really suggest um, picking one social media to focus on for your podcast and then really putting a lot into that, at least to start. So those are kind of some uh, tips and tricks we have for our podcast and the tools we're using. If you have other ones to add, uh, feel free to comment on our Instagram. Um, and also, if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And thanks to Spreaker, we are now on every platform you can imagine for uh, listening to podcasts. Yes, thank you to all of our followers. We'd love to hear and get feedback and, and we want to know what you want to hear. So I know you guys enjoy hearing the stories of leaders that we bring on. So let's get to our conversation with Patricia Kathleen. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you so much for moving to the other side of the table and being on the podcast with us. You bet. Hi, Anna and Annette and Annie. It's wonderful to be here. And um, I can't wait to talk to you guys more about podcasting. I know. Well, I want to start first before we get to that. You have such an eclectic background, like you have a art history, masters, you've been in fashion and photography. And so kind of walk us through 
how you ended up just producing short films and podcasts. Kind of walk us through maybe a little narrative of how you got to where you are. Sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's like any journey. It seems a little disparate until you live it. And then it seems like one led well into the way. Um, I started off my career in um, fashion photography. I opened a studio after obtaining my bachelor's degree in psychology and sociology. And um, I did that out of San Francisco. I had a studio based out of San Francisco. I opened a second one out of Seattle. And then I pivoted and went back to school and obtained a master's in art history and briefly taught um, at the University of Utah. And then um, during that time period, I launched, um, I co-founded one of my first startups in the tech industry with my husband. And that kind of got my feet wet, having been a child of Silicon Valley and um, that kind of being my stomping ground. It was interesting to jump to the other, more painful side of, um, of the startup and entrepreneurial world. Uh, it was a great experience, and we did that. And then after that company um, acquired, was acquired, I moved on to, I'm a second-generation film documentary maker, and um, I think I always knew that that's kind of where I would end up. And um, my, my quest is, you know, the image and um, being moved by the imagery and the stories of life. And so I ended up um, pivoting again, which wasn't so much of a pivot as like a meander and just um, backing into throughout my obtaining my master in art history, I started endeavoring onto film projects. Um, my specialty is non-sanctioned urban art, so graffiti and um, all of those other more illegal forms of art forms. And those have um, communities with a lot of social rhetoric based in them that lend very well to documentary filmmaking. So I turned towards that, um, having assisted on several different film projects growing up and uh, started some of those endeavors. And then I began writing um, my own after I stopped teaching at the University of Utah and relocated to Southern California. And um, I wrote and started um, getting funding for my first original documentary and was abroad in Australia when we were contacted and told to come home because there was a global pandemic sweeping over everything. So that brought me back. And um, during that time period, I had launched Patricia Kathleen um, Speaks with Entrepreneurs and Experts, which has kind of turned into professional chronicles with women, female-identified, non-binary individuals um, a few years ago. And it was just based out of a philanthropic endeavor. I felt like I owed it to, I have four children, two daughters, and I'm a, again, I'm a fourth generation feminist, and I felt like I owed it to my daughter's generation to do more than cut checks for charities and things like that. And one of the things that has always moved me most um, has been this this, uh, learning and acquisition of knowledge through storytelling, and not just folklore, but really the humanity behind it. And some of our culture has lost that, you know, to to beautiful means. You know, I love social media and a lot of these clip it and snippet ideas of staying in touch with thousands of people that you couldn't normally, but in that we lost some of the human identifying moments. And so the podcast was an endeavor to do uh, do exactly that, speak with women. Um, I knew a lot of female entrepreneurs uh, at the time who, um, famous ones uh, who had gotten their starts in their garage and would speak to me. And I wanted to approach my daughter's generation with that platform that had been so near and dear to me. And with that um, grew very quickly a few more podcasts. And then after that, um, if you do what you do well, you start getting contacted. And so I 
was contacted by several other um, uh, institutions that wanted me to guest host as well as um, startup podcasts, which I'm involved with now. So we've got about six right now, um, four of which have launched, two more are launching, and we're um, in conversation with another two. So I think I'm looking at a network next year. (laughs) That's my story. That's the trajectory. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you're right that sometimes it sounds so eclectic, but then when you kind of hear the story, all the pieces fit and the doors, you know, opened when they were supposed to open. So yeah, well, let's get to um, talking to just about podcast hosting. So, you know, where do you begin? And um, I know there's various styles and, but, you know, if somebody's out there that's really thinking about moving, you know, we moved kind of a blog and a, a Instagram page into a podcast. So we kind of, um, well, I guess I was kind of put in a corner. Annie was really the one that was uh, the champion and just saying, come on, we need to do this. I was like, okay, we don't know what we're doing. So kind of, kind of just start at the beginning. Sure. Well, so, and I began the same way you do. And I do um, a lot of my endeavors, which is this kind of Yankee know-how bootstrapping my way through it. Um, I read a great deal. I have mentors, but when I get into industries, sometimes there aren't a lot of rules and I tend to make those up as I go. And then I follow them very, very much so. But um, as far as launching, podcasts are still the Wild West. And um, it's an interesting time period for it because they've been around for a lot longer than anyone realizes. And then the famedom started to pick up. And then I always tell people it feels like about nine months ago, somewhere someone wrote it 3 million times on 300 million platforms that the best way to market or get word out there was to start a podcast because it just boomed. And with that went a lot of the normalness and the regularity behind it. And so I think the first thing that one can do when you're starting a podcast is become really clear about your motive. And it doesn't have to be succinct. A lot of people said my first podcast wasn't succinct enough, but that was kind of the beauty of it. And that was why my my viewership and audience went up through so, so quickly it was because I was speaking with um, women and women identified and non-binary individuals across all industries. And that was really impactful. It was just this like Oprah moment, you know, where I was not excluding anyone except for um, the populations that had already been very well represented. And so I don't think it has to be so niche. This used to be a very um, elevator pitch deck moment of everyone saying, you know, get that niche. I'm not some VC telling you to get your, your niche moment, but I think becoming very clear about your motive as to what you want to do with your podcast is very, very important. And the reason why is because I believe in honesty with your audience. And so if your motive is to promote your business or your products, I think putting that up front is um, it develops a form of trust. And I think a lot of podcasters um, have missed out, which you as a former blogger probably have um, in your mind is that you're developing a relationship. And even though it's one-sided, your audience is going to start looking at your brand. And if your brand isn't something that's dependable or something that they can understand the back end of, there's not going to be a lot of recidivism towards, you know, your audience. And I think that once you develop this, people are shy about saying, well, I'm developing this podcast to kind of push my product or push my line. And I think when you say that and you're, you're transparent with it, it actually forms a form of camaraderie and honesty with your audience that they will continue listening. And it also there's a lot of murkiness right now. I have a lot of people saying, I was listening to this podcast and it felt like Amway from the 90s. All of a sudden, you know, episode three, she's pushing like the Stairmaster. And I was like, what? 
And I'm not talking about sponsorships or partnerships, which all happen with funding on the other end of podcasts. I'm talking about just your motive for starting the podcast. I truly believe it's crucial in all forms of your marketing with your intro or stuff you're pushing on social media to be very clear with your audience about your message. It's going to help them retain a relationship with you. And it's also going to help identify you in the kind of murkiness of every single person. I have a 12 year old daughter who has a podcast, you know, and it's, it's like with all of those moments, I think clarity about why you are doing this is, um, is crucial. Yeah, that's really good. That's good. So do you, um, and I love, I think our styles are somewhat similar because I've been on your podcast and, and it's very conversational, you know, it was not, um, you didn't really have it scripted tightly. I mean, what, what would advice do you give for somebody when they're looking at kind of the formula they're going to follow? Yeah. So, and I'm a big believer in, I get a lot of feedback from our audience about this. And so I like to talk about it a lot because it's um, a form of being validated, but I, I'm a big believer in road mapping. Again, I think that we have a responsibility. Podcasts, um, while they have this beautiful artistic expression of being kind of anything you want and following whatever narrative you want, it's also you asking someone to spend time with you and your guest or your thoughts or whatever it is you're putting on there. And I think in that, it comes a social contract of telling someone kind of what to expect. And so um, I always try to give um, my audience an, an interview, a brief bio of whom I'm talking to, as you did with me today, as well as a roadmap. So the four points that I'm going to draw my inquiries from, and it can be really, really broad, but um, I think it's really important to have this like expectation and it's a little academic, but it's also, um, it creates a clarity for where you're headed. You know, when you start hearing someone navigate a story and they say, listen, I was at the laundromat, you're kind of there, you know, you kind of, you, you crawl into it as a listener, as in a participant. And so road mapping what you're going to do and then leaving the organicness, as you said, um, I'm kind of known for bringing transparency and reality back to reality in my podcast and in my film work. And so I use roadmaps and I give my audience those things. I don't keep anything written down that I won't express out to them. And then the rest just unfolds naturally itself. That's good. So what's been one of your favorite um, interviews you've done? Oh, Sophie's Choice. That's so hard. I, I, um, mm, I did. Well, I mean, I think sometimes interviewing friends can be really fun because, you know, keeping them on track and not grilling you and doing things like that can be hard. So um, some of the earlier ones with the very original podcast um, back in 2017, 2018, Patricia interviews entrepreneurs, um, Rebecca Overson, uh, Trisha Snow. I had some earlier and hearing my young voice. I'm so used to being behind the camera as a photographer, as a filmmaker. And so um, it's kind of darling to see that. Um, and then my recent darlings, you know, I just started a podcast on um, the vegan, the worlds of veganism, as well as the world of fasting. And I'm constantly kind of in awe when you get away from marketing. And I talk a lot with people who have very, very polished brands, and they're very, very concerned with how they come off and, and no judgment passed. But um, in these recent podcasts, I've been speaking with devout scientists and researchers that are, are truly married to their, um, their work and, and conveying these messages. And it's, um, it's humbling, you know, to meet someone whose life's work is, is um, 
so dear and near to them and isn't so very concerned with the adjectives that they're choosing or, or things of how this is going to appear on their social. So probably some of the more recent ones as well. That's good. Okay. So technical tools or things that you use. Yeah. Okay. Well, I took some notes. Um, you guys are in GarageBand. That's awesome. I started off with another one. I switched over to GarageBand. I also flipped these into vodcast for my YouTube channel. And so I do drop them into Final Cut Pro. Um, I have friends that use iMovie to great effect. I had issues with that about 10 years ago and just blacklisted it, but I'm sure it does great things. Um, my children use iMovie. Um, uh, GarageBand is fantastic for me. Most of the people I speak with, most prolific podcasters are doing it. Um, you guys use Sprinker. The, the, there's a lot of different people in that game. I use Podbean. And um, I did use a Podbean WordPress combo until my site got transferred over to um, a different medium. So now it's just a, like a Podbean. The RSS feed, um, as Annie was mentioning earlier, those are crucial key terms to understand. And there's a lot of really incredible people online offering courses and paid courses. But a lot of this information, like if, if one was skint and got online and just Googled, you know, checklist for starting a podcast, these are all just the first things that you would come up with. And you really can't do as a layperson. It's not something that's you know, terrifyingly difficult. The first is going to take you a hot minute to set up and getting all of those things going. Um, I would say a website address so you can develop a mailing list and things of that nature do become important later on. But again, there are out of the box moments. You know, one of some of my advice um, from my greatest financial advisors that I've interviewed is like, definitely outsource when you can. But if you're financially skint, like there's just so many products on the market to do anything out of the box, you know. And um, so, yeah, those are some of the technical things. As we talked about, my hardware isn't a result of my neuroses, but rather um, my partners who is, um, I think, obsessed and a, a little bit crazed with all new technology. But as far as mics go, um, because I'm in film and things like that, I love Rode. I started off doing podcasts um, in Sweden and when I was out and about without my professional stuff, with just little lapel mics. And those are awesome. You can plug them into your iPhone and um, upload. There's a couple of different softwares that go into your iPhone, but you can plug two mics in and get awesome podcasts in the middle of a cafe in Stockholm. You know, um, so there's a lot of different hardwares and there's great people online, much, much smarter and um, more well-read than myself about the technology behind it. But nothing has to break the bank, especially not in the beginning. And as far as software is concerned, um, yeah, GarageBand, Podbean, and then uh, you need, do need to familiarize yourself with all of the indexes like you guys talked about. It's really important to be on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all of those cats. And then YouTube, um, as we were talking about earlier, uh, I like to go up on YouTube with my podcast because as I was filming about four months ago, I was speaking with a bunch of women in a third world country who said that all of their information in their podcast that they downloaded was off of YouTube due to the fact that they didn't have the monetary funds to belong to Spotify or iTunes. And I do want um, those populations to be included in our conversations. And so even if it's a blank screen with a name tag, you know, going up on YouTube with your um, podcast as a vodcast format is, I would highly recommend it. And most um, GarageBand has a really simple feed 
straight up to that once you edit it, um, as well as um, Final Cut Pro. It's very, very simple. YouTube makes that quite simple as well. But familiarizing yourself with all of those platforms is advisable. I would say for the first one, for someone just getting started, like pick one, pick your darling, just like you guys do with social media. Um, I was really bad with social media. I tend to make fun of it more than utilize it. And so um, it took finally hiring on a research and communications manager who just took all of that over. And my darling was um, LinkedIn and Instagram, I believe. But Pinterest is supposed to be the new girl. So if anyone's listening, you might want to put your podcast up on uh, Pinterest as well. Yeah, I know. It's hard to keep up with all the outlets. So yeah. Okay, so talk about you have um, to talk about the podcast you do now. So if somebody wants to find you and listen to you, where we tell them the options they have. Yeah, thank you. Um, the uh, so my website is patriciakathleen.com. I am also co-founder of Wild.agency, and that particular company is a technical consulting and software development firm, as well as a media umbrella and house that actually um, Patricia Kathleen Podcasting is legally nestled under. It handles a lot of the funding for my film endeavors, and it handles um, film projects that we do for clients as well. Um, Patricia Kathleen podcasts is um, the site that we do most of our, all of our podcasting through, except for um, the ones that I co-host right now, um, actively it's got, um, so the original Patricia Kathleen and entrepreneurs and experts, which is slowly changing names just into professional chronicles because it stopped being about entrepreneurs and experts alone and more about everyone's voice. Uh, that one's been going for about two and a half years. It's about 200 episodes deep. And um, the agreement, the promise I made to everybody when I launched it is that I would never take any funding or sponsorship because I wanted their dialogue and rhetoric to be unattached to anything. And that was a couple of years ago when there hadn't been a lot of things um, that were assigned or changed and people were kind of getting sponsored by just about anybody. And I wanted women to, and female identified individuals, non-binary people to feel comfortable being attached to me and giving me their story. So there's that one. Um, the second one was Roundtable with Patricia Kathleen. And we take participants from the original one and do a roundtable circuit um, based on topics that we feel like those three individuals would speak really well to that are very current topics and trends like any round table. Then we have um, vegan life. And that is where I speak with um, people regarding all angles of vegan life. So what I do with the majority of my podcast is um, I come at it from a film point of view. So I'm not just speaking with people think of vegan, they think of chefs, it's, you know, it's environmentalists, it's chefs, it's fashion designers, artists, um, health and nutrition, you know, you go all through these different angles. So you're hearing voices from all different corners of that universe. And then um, I, another one I have is fasting. That was our newest little darling. Again, interviewing it from all different angles, um, medical, health and wellness, spiritual. Fasting has been practiced since Hippocrates, which is arguably an axiomatic grandfather of Western medicine. So we start up, you know, I've spoken to historians, athletes, uh, we cover all of those. And then um, I host, a, I co-host a, um, another podcast series for a nonprofit artistic foundation that contacted me and um, have agreed to do a couple of more in that same vein because I can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have the same DNA, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I have the same problem. Okay, so I'm also fascinated by your daughter. You said she's 12 years old and she has her podcast. So talk a little bit about what her podcast is. 
Yeah. So she just has a great mentor and model in you. So, so how did that happen? Right. Well, people were like, is that her homework? Why are you making her do that? And I was like, no, I swear. I swear. Um, she has a new podcast that's, um, she's getting ready to release it and it's tricky. It's been interesting. It's actually a lot more difficult than my podcast. Um, navigating that relationship between mother and daughter and um, switching that over into being like an advisor who's giving her elegant um, and firm yet gentle advice. And um, it's, it's basically her perceptions about hot topics that she feels are upon her as um, a young teenager or as a tween becoming a teenager. And so she interviews, she starts off with interviewing um, family and friends about things that are, are hot on her mind. Um, I think one of her first topics was um, my father had polio as a child and she wanted to understand discrimination from his time period as opposed to how that juxtaposes now. And then her second one was about Visco girls. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's all over the board, which children are and I love but yeah. it's interesting because it comes into a lot of legal when she's interviewing her young friends. There's a lot of legalese that um, you get into that you care about deeply. But it's a it's a cool format um, for the young people. I think that it's opened her eyes up to interviewing um, that way is is very different than just having a chat on the phone or shooting off a Twitter or doing a Snapchat or something else. You know, there's um, there's an authenticity to it that I think she's really enjoyed. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, I think it's great because you're teaching her to use her voice and you're teaching her to seek, you know, other input and wisdom and and to also have a place where she can have a voice. I think that's great. Yes, absolutely. Well, as you know, um, we end our podcast asking our guests who they're for is. So as the saying goes, show me the people you have around you and I'll show you the success or the trajectory of your life. So I just want to end with who are your four? Okay. Uh, I did, I got, I did the homework. I've assigned it. Let me remember. Um, okay. So bell hooks is usually my number one. Tell me if I go off script. I sent these to you and now I'm like, <laughs> bell hooks. Um, I Madeline Albright and the last two were Finn and Jack Guiley. And so bell hooks is a, a, an American historian. She's a feminist. Um, she wrote a book that I believe should be a staple for every man, woman, and child by the time they're 18, which is called Feminism is for Everybody. And it's the, one of the most incredible analyses I've ever read about um, how uh, discrimination of all kinds came about, not just sexism. And about it's more importantly for me, it's about steps and, and a path out of it. Because understanding basis and how everything correlates and corresponds to one another really allows one to start perceiving what we need to do in order to climb out of these barriers of discrimination across all platforms that I think really hinder um, our society, our country in the United States and the world over. And so um, Bell Hooks for that reason and and her library of work, she's one of the most prolific feminist and, and female authors of our entire generation or her generation. And um, I can't say enough. It's one of my life goals to sit down and have a cup of coffee with her. So Belle, if you're listening here, and then Madeline Albright, um, I don't think that needs a lot of explanation for any um, person living in the United States is the first female secretary of state and um, the policies that she helped institute um, globally and the way that uh, she stands her regard for knowledge and justice and empathy um, I just think are so profound her newest autobio that hit 
I don't know, maybe a month and a half ago is well worth a read. I just, I think she's one of the most amazing women I've ever um, came up listening to. You know, she was a very powerful figure in my young adult life because I was in my teens when she was serving her tenure. And it was the first time, again, you know, seeing women who were telling me their stories and, and, and seeing people that looked like me that I could kind of relate to. Um, and then Finn and Jack Guiley are my daughters, and um, they have been th- the most earth-shattering um, North Stars that I have ever guided my life by. And um, I don't take it lightly, and I don't think that parenthood is, is ever taken lightly by anybody, but I have never been so transformed on a daily basis as to constantly consider um, my responsibility to their future life while I'm here and after I've departed. It makes me a better person. It's what I guide my endeavors by. It's made me a tolerable 43-year-old, which I'm pretty sure I was headed into being a very intolerable person prior to having children. <laughs> but um, it's refocused my life, my effort, uh, and their voices. You know, They keep me uh, amused and sane and optimistic. So those are my four. Well, that is good. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing um, your wisdom. And uh, I really am grateful that you would take the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Annette. I love your show. And I think this has been a blast. We'll do it again sometime back on my show. Annie here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leaders Spotlight. Make sure to visit our website, AnnetteKlazowski.com forward slash Leaders Spotlight, where you can find resources mentioned on this show, as well as past episodes. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leaders Spotlight.